0: Sports fandom is all about being part of something larger than yourself and rooting for, you know, like, and having a community and, you know, rallying together and working as a team and all that stuff. All, like, female sports fans want is just to feel part of it.
1: Welcome back to I'm the Villain. Today we're going to be talking with Keely Dunning, who is a sports podcaster i met her at podcast movement um and this is a topic that i know nothing absolutely nothing about i only (laughs) i only play ultimate frisbee which is somewhat like almost divorced from the world of sports at large anyway (laughs) because we don't really have like
2: I feel a like pro almost league. As, like a, as a brand, like almost on purpose. I know, it's
1: kind of an anti-sport you sport, are. you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, anyway, Keeley, why don't you give a quick introduction to yourself, anything you think the audience should know about you? Uh, yeah, hey, everyone. Um, I've been working in sports for about a decade, which
0: is crazy, because I am definitely a millennial, um, a lower-end <laughs> lower millennial. Thank you very much. No, no. Um, <laughs>
2: Or higher end, depending. Yeah, that's
0: true. It's true. Very much not Gen (laughs) Z though, although I I have started doing a middle part. So there you go. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I've been working in sports for like 10 years. Um, I went to film school for undergrad, thought that I wanted to be a screenwriter, realized very quickly that Los Angeles was not where I wanted to be full time. And unfortunately, you kind of have to do that if you're in film. And I've been obsessed with sports and Mostly it's like a sports fan just like my entire life. Like I played fantasy football with my dad when I was 7 and that's how I learned how to do mental math because you had to go to the back of the sports sports page and like add up all the stats and stuff yeah. and do it all by hand.
2: Yeah, and this I was to say that was back when like before like ESPN did all the aggregation for yep. you and like gave people like like ESPN now just tells you like this who's going to be who, who's the highest rated but back in the day that was not
0: the oh case. no 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 back in the day you had to go to you had to have a physical newspaper <laughs> a physical newspaper go to the back of the physical newspaper find the stats and all the box scores at the back of the you know sports section and add it up yourself um yeah so again that's how I learned mental math and it's just I feel like I was socialized and I guess I'm getting gender normative already but I was very much socialized as like a male sports fan my entire life. I always knew all the stats for, especially baseball, like growing up, I grew up in a baseball family, season tickets to San Francisco Giants, um, always obsessed with like fantasy football and playing football. We're not playing football, football. Um, I played soccer and softball until high school and like through high school. Um, it's just like always been this love of mine. And so I got out of film school and I was like, you know what? I really want to work in sports. So I totally pivoted. I got my grad degree at Emerson and out in Boston because Boston is like a huge sports town. And I was like, this would be a great way to get a job. And luckily I did get a job at New England Sports Network. So straight out of grad school, I went to becoming like a video content producer for New England Sports Network, their website, Um, got to cover Bruins, Celtics, Red Sox, Patriots. Like it was awesome. I was in like the Robert Kraft scrum when Deflategate was happening, like it was like getting thrown, <laughs> yeah, getting like thrown into the, the fire, gate. like right away. Oh yeah, deflate gate, man. That I covered that whole thing, fortunately/slash/unfortunately. Um,
2: do you Do you want to give a quick summation of deflate gate for Isabel?
0: Oh yeah, sure. Um, Isabel so just Deflategate. like a quick
2: four sentence.
0: <laughs> oh, this can be so quick. This can be so quick. Um, back in <laughs> I think 2015, probably uh, the Patriots and Tom Brady were um, accused of purposely deflating the footballs very slightly so that his grip would be better on the football.
1: Hmm. (laughs) And it was Wouldn't that benefit the other team too though? Uh, no, because they use different.
2: No, they use different. They, they use different they use,
0: oh, like, like, yeah, got it. Okay. And the home team is the one that I guess like supplies the equipment and all this. Yeah, stuff. they
2: like they like orchestrate and hand out yeah. the footballs. Yeah, it was,
0: <laughs> and it just became this like cra- like crazy scandal that was on like CNN, MSNBC, Fox News. Like it was everywhere, and it was all over like the psi of a football.
2: <laughs> wow. I can't remember, like, Keely, I can't remember if anyone was ever, like, found to actually do any wrongdoing. Like, did that actually happen or was it just a scam? Oh,
0: my God, no. There was a whole, like, Wells report but like, this, my right? dad is a I lawyer like I and was... this guy is, like, a crazy lawyer, like, did, like, stuff that has to do with, like, you know, government and, like, you know real problems um and mm-hmm. he was brought in to do this like commission on game and wrote this like <laughs> giant paper about it that included like the science and like how the weather may have affected things i'm just like all this crazy stuff it was just like ridiculous wow um, but no but yeah, no one, but no one
2: was ever ever convicted right all Right.
0: uh brady was suspended for four games the next season
2: oh yeah okay
0: because he just distro- oh. oh yeah there was like a whole thing where he like destroyed his cell phone oh my god like the movie on this is kind of great <laughs> or not because it's so, so you, stupid. Just,
2: so you were there for that, which is dope.
0: I was a photog. I was a photographer with my like little, or my giant TV camera, me and like a bunch of very much non-millennial dudes <laughs> in, in like scrums. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> um. <laughs> so I'm, There's, I mean, there's so many questions, right, about your life that one could ask. I, I think my first question is, do you hang out? Are your friends also sports people exclusively, or do you have like a non, a non sports oriented group of friends?
0: That's a great question. Um, I feel like I introduce a lot of my friends to the sports world. So, like, I had a really good my roommate from when I lived in West Hollywood for a year, like she didn't know anything about baseball, nothing. And we started living together and I'm like, oh, you know, there's this great sport called baseball and you should also be interested in it <laughs> um, because you know, i to like share what you love with your friends. Like, of course. And now mm-hmm. she's like a bigger Giants fan than I am. Like she like knows everything that's going on. Like, and I think that's a big thing with just like sports in general and like sports community is like the more people that get involved in it, the more it just gets spread to different audiences you know like my yeah. you know my friends are all like millennial chicks like you know like in general and so I feel like I've spread my like sports fandom to people who aren't necessarily targeted by sports teams yeah. like in the NFL it's like let's just sell pink jerseys and that means that women will like us it's like <laughs>
1: <that's> <laughs> well I'm not I at all how that works yeah I was I wanted to follow up on something you said in your little intro is that like you know you felt like you were socialized as like a male sports fan and I wonder like what do you see as sort of being the difference between like men and women who follow sports and who are identify as sports fans you know
0: um there is no difference okay but there's perceived to be a difference by the way that sports teams and sports leagues market to each of them okay so like i said yeah. like the nfl is like oh we want women to root for us and become fans because you know as society is <laughs> you know evolved we finally you know as women we have like our own finances and our own income now and you know we're not as dependent on just like our husbands all that stuff so now sports leagues are finally catching up to the fact that oh this is like an untapped market the problem mm. is they don't know how to actually reach us <laughs> they're
2: still marketing to you like it's seventy. yeah
0: it's like <laughs> the like pink jersey thing it's like just sell us the normal jerseys but have a waist so that like we can wear them and not be wearing these like oversized like we don't want to like have like pink bedazzled things like or some people do but as a monolith Mm -hmm. like that's not a way to reach us and like you know (laughs) it's just nuts to me i uh, yeah
2: yeah i feel like i'm really acquainted with like i have like this the perfect picture of like these terrible jerseys in my head because my mom is like i'm we're we're a carolina panthers family and she is like the helm like she is like diehard has a panthers like tattoo on her forearm
0: Amazing. situation
2: right and so like she i mean she's very much in the same mindset as you are like she's like i, I would just like jerseys like the jerseys that look like the ones that the players wear please <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah exactly <laughs> I mean, well, when you say, oh, market it. I mean, I imagine like their whole their whole thinking is like, "Okay, this is how we've been marketing it. We don't have a lot of women. Right. So we have to do something different. Right. But if I mean, Mm -hmm. I guess it's one of those things that feels like, you know, really just like stereotyping. But I imagine when you're in marketing, that's just what you do. Right. Like, I don't know anything about marketing, but, like, that's just my my hypothesis, <laughs> you know?
0: I think you, like, touched on something, like, really, like, profound about it, and it's that they think that they need to start doing things differently, and, like, you don't. Like, we're people, the same yeah. as, like, a male sports fan is a person who wants to root for his team and wants them to win and has favorite players, like... We're the same as that, like, you don't need to really switch up your game plan. The thing is, you just need to make us feel like we're part of it. Like, that's all it is. Like, sports fandom is all about being part of something larger than yourself. And rooting for, you know, like, and having a community and, you know, rallying together and working as a team and all that stuff. All, like, female sports fans want is just to feel part of it. You know, and that's why, like, the barstools of the world, like, yeah, they're obviously allowed to exist. And I'm never going to, like, tell them to not exist because, you know, free speech, all that (laughs) stuff. But their whole, like, platform is about, like, alienating new fans. They're like, oh, everything's great the way it is. And anyone who's not cool with that is a snowflake or whatever. And it's like, no, like, we just want sports to be inclusive and for everyone to feel like they can be a part of it. And that's how, like, marketing should be. Just, you know make us feel like we belong just as much as any other fan does that's all it is
2: so i i i feel like the sports fandom gets a similar like lump into a similar box as like the video game user base where i feel like there's this sort of assumption that the vast majority of people that are into either of those things must be dudes and I know that I know that that is not true for the gamer community and I just looked up some like very very quick and probably rough stats from this unverified website called (laughs) statista.com and uh, it seems like they did a survey um, and you know they asked people like males and females whether or not they were a casual sports fan fan, an avid sports fan, or not a fan at all. And a similar number of males and females, forty-five percent and forty-nine percent, said yes. Um, the avid fan for females it was 12%, and for males it was thirty nine percent. So, you know, um it seems like it's it seems like Regardless, there's, you know, there's a large, like, the fan base is there. You know, I think you're right.
0: It's definitely there. And I know, like, just from what I've seen in, like, the industry, like, there is a concerted effort to, inc- to reach out to women as an untapped market in sports, 100%. So, like, the desire is there there needs to just be more, you know, more diversity in terms of like who works for these teams, who works for these leagues, who works for these networks, all that in order to really like really move the needle on it. But at least we've sort of reached a point where there's buy-in in in terms of like reaching women, reaching minorities, reaching people of color, reaching, you know, people who didn't necessarily, who weren't necessarily being reached before. Like I have an example working for the, for Nessun and working for by extension the Red Sox, Um, when they won the World Series in the last time they won the World Series, they made an effort to actually like bring the trophy to neighborhoods that weren't just the normal suburbs that they would normally like spread the um, World Series trophy because they want to actually like make people from underrepresented, you know, neighborhoods feel like they're a part of the team. And, like, just being able to, like, bring the World Series trophy to your neighborhood is such a great way to actually feel like, oh, they actually care about, like, reaching out to us. So I think, like, little things like that and just sports teams showing up in your community, like, that's, like, step one. Like, really step one. Just being visible and giving a shit about everyone who lives in your community and not just targeting the people who, you know the demographics say oh yeah they're the ones who watch it it's like well yeah they're the ones who watch it because you're marketing to them and it's just like a feedback loop feedback loop feedback loop the more you reach out to everyone else the better it's just gonna be
1: for everybody mm-hmm. how do you think it interacts with the promotion of women's sports specifically right i don't i have no idea whether this is the case but like i imagine when you put more funding into women's sports you get more women who want to watch and i and i and i feel personally like The real goalpost is like, how can you get men interested in women's sports? You know, but what are your thoughts on that?
0: That's such like a good question and such like a tough one, because I work for a men's sports team. And sometimes I wonder if I should instead be taking my talents to a women's sports team because, you know, I have a decent amount of experience and I feel like I could help this, that or the other. But I love my job and I love who I work for. And it's like, as a woman, do you then have to work for a women's sports team in order to be a feminine? Like, you know, it's like the, these questions yeah. that you sort of ask yourself. And I guess the best thing that I can do is to continue to promote and, you know, help these women's sports leagues, which, by the way, are phenomenal. Um, just this weekend, I work for the Seattle Sounders. We're doing a doubleheader with the NWSL team, the OL Rain. And we're actually working together to sort of promote soccer in Pacific Northwest in general and not just the men's team. Oh, yeah. And then like we have a women's team that we sort of pay attention to. And I think like our organization is like finally like realizing that like, look, like let's all work together. And I think the more that like these men's sports leagues that are already like established actually like use their resources to then help the women's sports leagues, which for a variety of reasons are not given the resources and are not given the time or the effort or anything, Mm -hmm. you know, that's like a whole other episode that we could like go on for like hours and hours and hours and days and days and days. But the more that like these men's sports leagues and these networks actually showcase how great these teams are and these women's leagues are like, you're not, there's no drop in quality, everybody. Like there is no drop in like quality between watching, Women's basketball, men's basketball. There's no drop in quality between watching women's soccer and men's soccer. Any of that is all constructs that are in your brain that you've been, like, socialized to believe. But, like, fundamentally, if you watch these leagues, like, these are the best athletes in the world, regardless of their gender. And any, like, reasoning that you have to not watch women's sports, I guarantee you is unconscious bias. Like, that's the only Mm -hmm. explanation. Because truly... I mean, I used to score keep for Division 3 women's basketball and that shit was so much fun. Like, mm-hmm. it was so much fun. <laughs> Excuse my yeah. language, but like that was awesome. So mm-hmm. like
2: Oh, you, you just, can you can swear yeah, on her too. Okay, cool.
0: um, yeah. but like <laughs> you know, like any any time anyone's like, "Oh, I don't want to watch women's basketball." I'm just like, "So that means you've never watched it and you're just sexist." Like there's no other like reasoning behind that. Because mm-hmm. if you love watching basketball, then there's no reason that you don't love watching women's basketball. Like there's no reason.
2: Talking about marketing, right? One of the few, I think, really valid marketing strategies that's kind of foolproof is like if you show people more people that look like them or in their demographic, they'll watch more.
0: Representation of it. is so everything. Like
2: representation. Like that's the easiest way to get more people to consume your your content is you know, including <laughs> including people that look like
0: representation them. is everything, and it's not about replacing; it's about adding. Everyone, adding, yeah. Everyone always. The double header is a great yeah, example, and everyone always thinks of this. It's like this, like lack scarcity mindset that people have is that oh, if we add more women, we add more people of color to these, you know, broadcasts, then there's less space for you know the white males who have always done it. And I'm speaking super generally, but that's not. Yeah the case like look at the NFL does multiple simulcasts now they have like one that's like Nickelodeon themed they have one that's NFL themed they have one for like (laughs) like there's like different broadcasts that you can now watch at the same time so there's like plenty of room for everybody like let's get that straight there's plenty of room for everybody we're all in it together we can all work together and like this this fear of losing your spot because you're giving it up to someone else like just work together Like, I don't understand that whole, like, we're, you know, competing with each other. And I can only imagine that it just comes from the culture of wherever you're working from. But, like, just include more people. Like, just add some more people.
1: What do you think is, aside from just making sports companies and sports media more money, what is the value of having more women watching sports?
0: My whole thing about sports as an industry is that, a sports team or league or networks job is to connect the, like, it's a way to bring a community together. That's really what I look at as like what a sports team is for a city. Like it truly brings that city together. That's why you see these big parades after a city wins or like people's like most pivotal moments that they remember are like when their team finally won a world series or when, You know, they went to that, you know, football game and in overtime and their team won or like these big, at least like for me, I look at a lot of times in my life and they match up so like almost crazily to like sporting events that have happened as well. And our job as a sports team, again, is to be a way for the community to come together. And if we're actually trying to bring a community together, that means everybody. And the more people, the better. Like, the more people, like, people get so snobby, right, about, like, sports teams, like, or sports fandom, right? It's like, oh, like, you're not a real fan because you only rooted for them for, like, a year. Or, like, oh, you're not a real fan because you only know three players. And it's like, no. Mm-hmm. That's not how it is. Great very gatekeepy. It's, like, gatekeepy. Exactly. It's, like, super gatekeepy. And, no. like, you know, that's the same everywhere and people are just that way. But my whole theory and, like, what a sports team is supposed to be is a vehicle in which a community is brought together. And you're not bringing your community together if you're ignoring large swaths of demographics within your community.
1: It's it, for me, it's like a little, uh, especially someone who who plays ultimate where, where everything is mixed. It's almost like I, I I've been wondering just about whether or not we ought to do gendered sports at all, right? Because like obviously there's all of these questions of like you know whatever physical bodily differences. And whatnot, but I have a number of friends who are in like the trans community who've been like, well, like there are natural differences in other ways that are not just confined to gender. So how do we deal with those things, right? Is it something that we even mm-hmm. ought to have be like stratified in this but on this particular axis, you know?
0: In sports in general, there's this like futile effort to make everything hundred percent fair. And guess what? Nothing is ever going to be 100% fair because not everyone's going to be the same height. Not everyone's going to be the same weight. Not everyone's going to, you know, this, that, or the other. And like trying to like get to this like magical moment where like everything is completely fair is like, it's just useless. It's useless. And you can use it as an excuse to kick anyone out of anything because you're like, oh, it's not fair. But like. I think that it just comes down to like we really need to just—I mean, as humans and society at large, not even just sports—it's just like letting go of this like concept of fairness because again, nothing's ever going to be completely fair. Like it's just not. And mm-hmm. sports about inclusion, and it's a game, and we should all be playing together. And that's way more important to me than whether you know someone's five foot ten and they're playing against someone who's five foot two. Like okay, great. So that means David and Goliath can never happen. Like, mm-hmm. cool. We're never gonna watch an underdog story because you're so concerned with masking your bigotry under this like fake care that this isn't fair for everybody.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. So would you be would you be in support of like you know a hypothetical situation in which like you know all professional sports are just integrated, like whoever is just good enough to be on the team is just on the team.
0: Yes. I think that that's what we should absolutely aspire to as humans in everything.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: What about if
1: we had a doping league? <laughs> <laughs> Where, like, everything's okay. Like,
2: you're like, a to, league, yeah. like a league in which people are heavily incentivized to do whatever drugs they can to win.
1: Well, literally, like, there's just, like, no rules. And I presume a lot of people would then just be do- doping.
0: <laughs> I feel I'm like, like to the the- XFL is kind of like that. What is right? that? It was, like, this football um league that was formed by Vince McMahon. Oh, XFL. XFL like yeah. the WWE version of football. And I think it's coming back actually. XFL. Dwayne Johnson, The Rock is like bringing it back. And I think like their whole thing is yeah. like there's less rules or whatever. Like I'm I mean honestly like make a rule book and allow people to do what they want as long as everyone signs up and knows what they're, you know, signing up for. <laughs> I feel like I'm so open a very dangerous cup, cup of can of worms with that, but like, <laughs> I don't know.
2: You know, it just is. I mean, if it's understood that everyone's doing it in this league, then and that's how you want to play. I mean,
0: I'm that's honestly surprised. What I, was for years, like they knew. That oh, they were really? Jumping, I, I mean,
2: oh. yeah yes Baseball and then they was, like, like pretended think, like they cared
0: and had all these like congressional hearings over like doping but like they knew and they were making money off of the fact that everyone was hitting home runs so like it was already allowed it's
2: yeah everyone wanted to watch barry bonds hit home runs you know like of it just course. is what it was yeah
0: um
2: <laughs> a doping lead. doping lead. Isabel, where did you come up, where did you hear that before well, who, that was
1: actually who? a bioethicist Steven singer or peter singer sorry who is like, he was like,
2: they should just make a doping league.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he has a lot of these, like, you know, kind of like headline-y types of opinions on, like, you know, animal rights and stuff like that. Or that might be a different Peter Singer. But anyway, yeah, <laughs> he, he has this notion of, like, you know, let's just, if we really, if we're just doing, I mean, we're doing this all for recreation in the first place. Why don't we just make it as awesome and, like, extreme as possible and have all sports kind of devolve into, like, American Ninja Warrior or whatever, like... <laughs> Yeah, dude, I would wa- I-
0: as long as like every again and everyone knows what they're signing up for like I- yeah
2: i generally support the idea of like you know there are leagues or, or things that are more for entertainment and then more for like quote-unquote like the purity of the of the game or whatever right like i think that's what like wwe is versus like you know no one wants to watch greco-roman wrestling on tv right like that's not it's not that's interesting to be honest, right? But but people do want to watch WWE and it's ridiculous. <laughs> <Sports> <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think there's room for both. Man.
0: Sports is totally entertainment. Like they're both intertwined. And that's why I actually feel like going to film school helped me a lot because I literally like worked in the entertainment industry and then I went to the sports industry and they're one and the same. They truly are.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's all for the clicks and the views, right? Like that's what keeps this stuff running. It's around. like
0: our it's our actual superheroes. Like our favorite athletes are like real life superheroes
2: so i want to talk about i feel like sports fans get a bad rep i really do in society i feel like i feel like you know we're all kind of lumped into like these like screaming white guys especially here in philly oh
1: yeah
0: especially if you're in
2: philly i mean look i mean a lot of the people in philly are like that i'm not gonna lie (laughs) But, but um but like you know for example like I know tons of or like I know tons of people slash like I'm tapped into like black Twitter, like black Yankees Twitter, you know, like tons of black people love the New York Yankees. I mean, because it's it's New York, right? There's like there's tons of black people in New York, right? I mean, there's just like tons of black people love the Baltimore Ravens and like just generally football. Right. So and not everyone is this like super mass kind of gross bro. But I have felt like <laughs> I've told people that I'm kind of like, I'm like kind of a closeted sports fan in my group, in my group of friends. Cause it's like, I, you know, I live, I live in DC and have a very yuppie group of friends that, you know, are not into the NFL or anything like that. And I'm like, yeah, I just, I just like consume football and UFC content on my own. And I've been working on like trying to, trying to like own it and like, work against like whatever judgment I might get for being into, (laughs) into sports.
0: (laughs) It's funny. I feel like a lot of like what we've talked about is like how to target different demographics and how identity shapes, you know, the way that sports teams reach certain people, this, that, or the other. The way, the way that like you sort of brought this up is like, I mean, my ideal scenario is where like identity doesn't even matter. And anyone can just talk about how awesome sports is regardless of anything. You know, and, like, that peer pressure isn't a thing anymore and, like, all that. But, like, sports fans are everybody. Like, I'm not – everyone – this is the most infuriating thing that I get in job interviews. And it's – I'll, like, be talking to a manager. They do, like, a sports – a lot of times they do, like, sports quizzes. Like, just to, like, make sure you, like, know what's going on in the world of sports and all that. And then I'll, like, pass it and they'll be, like, wow, like, you're just, like, a unicorn. Like, I've never, like, met – a young woman, like, and of course they say like a young woman <laughs> who knows as much as you do. And it's like, I know a ton. There's a ton of us. We're all over the place. Like, I'm not a unicorn. I've just decided that I want to make it my career mm-hmm. as well.
2: I, I will say that I have seen, I was, and I was in New Orleans for a little bit, and I went to a Panthers bar to watch the game. And I did see uh, <laughs> a New Orleans Saints fan and a Panthers fan get into a physical fist fight yeah yeah. (laughs) but exactly there's animals everywhere and you know
0: anyone will use anything as an excuse to get into a fight like yeah certain fan bases of certain reputations certain sports leagues you know there's like hooliganism in the premier league which like everyone always talks about there's you know yeah the unfortunate Instances of racism that apparently or not apparently they do occur, um, you know, in the stands. And I just, while we again like need to take all of that very seriously, like we also need to remember that there's no matter what, there's gonna be like one asshole, like in a crowd of people, especially when there's booze and there's competition and there's testosterone and there's all that fun stuff, there's gonna be an asshole. But like, don't let that ruin the fan experience because I guarantee you 99% of fans of any team are actually amazing people and just want you to be a part of what they're a part of.
1: Well, and it's a function Mm -hmm. of how you deal with the asshole from an institutional perspective, right? Like I was reading a tweet recently that was saying, um, NASCAR immediately fired a Big driver. After he said the n word, no investigation needed. Ban the Confederate flag. Will now have the Pride flag displayed. Will allow protests during the national anthem. Made a BLM vehicle and banned sponsorships from gun companies. And they're like, (laughs) dude, (laughs) never in a million years, right? Shit, last year. Yeah,
2: yeah. It was so. It was so wild. Like it was like. I mean, 2020 was a wild ass year, and
0: NASCAR just came out and was just like, we're woker than anyone. Like, yeah.
2: I was like, I never thought that I would see the NASCAR, like NASCAR, moving farther or t- doing things like, you know,
0: yeah,
2: decisively more decisively than like the NFL did. Right? Oh my god,
0: the NFL just like, like is yeah. wishy-washy about. They were M- tra- They were terrible. And the problem is when you try and please everybody, you please nobody. And NASCAR was like, you know what? We want younger fans. We want younger fans. We want Bubba Wallace to be the face of our like franchise now. Like, we're ready to, like, get rid of this, like, Confederate flag bullshit that's everywhere. And by the way, I've covered NASCAR, and NASCAR is so much fun to cover. Like, it's, like, my favorite <laughs> uh, sport I... to be a part of. It's so fucking cool. Like, they let you, as, like, a member of the press, like, sit up in, like, the freaking, like, pit with them. Like, the races going on. Oh, that's on. so dope. Like, it's, like, so dope. And, like, you can, like, walk around the track, like, wall attack. Like, the access thing of you is crazy. So, I just, like, I'm a big NASCAR fangirl anyway. But like now it's just like was like you know what we're going to just be decisive. And that's all it really yeah. is. Like be decisive, be clear and stick to your guns. We are going to be inclusive. We're not go- like we're not going to tolerate this certain behavior and that's all it is. Yeah. And people are so afraid to do that. And
2: I know I know we've been like kind of demographics busting for you know like the entirety of this episode. But I do feel like as far as like sports leagues go I really feel like NASCAR probably has the most like regionalized following of any of them. Right. Like, I think that I, you know, I, I, NASCAR is like a Southern sports thing and, you know, I, I, I feel like I'm hard pressed to meet someone that follows NASCAR that is from anywhere North of the Mason Dixon. So for that, like for that, for them knowing where their fan base is from, I was really shocked to see such decisive action. But, like, yeah, I was I was stoked about it, you know? But they were, like, they took it very seriously, you know? They took and it very seriously. And like, a lot of fans were really mad that, like, they were taking it seriously. no, like, they are like, no, dude, we're taking it seriously.
0: Make these decisions that may seem like they're going to be unpopular among your fan base. And you're going to come out the other side. And you're not only are you going to come out the other side, but your or, entire organization is going to be better for it.
2: Yeah, and, like, you will likely... I mean, I personally... Don't buy like you know when people are like, well i guess this is the last race I'm gonna be watching you know people like comment like football's gotten too political I'm not gonna want I don't oh, buy no, the people are actually not watching bullshit. football anymore that's right bullshit. that's bullshit, but even if that was the case, I'm like dude like the 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 good faith that you're getting in society and like the possible like new fandom that you're bringing up like I, you're right like NASCAR was definitely trying to appeal to younger fans because I can't think of a I can't think of a I don't know anyone in my peer group that follows nascar (laughs) at all but i do know people in my peer group that really like bubba wallace right and that i think that's like the key difference what do you (laughs) this is a this is a lightly abstract question do you think that it's weird that we still have cheerleaders
0: Uh um yeah like i
2: don't sometimes i you know i like what i like look at this like lineup of 20 women on the sidelines of a football game like you know wearing a crop top and a short skirt and it just it doesn't ring right to it me right you know like it feels it weird feels
0: like very
2: archaic it feels a little archaic but i also know i know someone um who i went to school with and she was like i really she's like my whole i really want to be a carolina panthers cheerleader like i that's what like, i you know I she was a dancer and she was like that's where i want to be like that's my dream job i yeah and so like i don't want to you know i don't want to take that away from people but do you think it's weird no
0: that's a really good question that's a really good <laughs> question i think it's only weird because they're the, the way that they're treated and the way that they're utilized i think like cheerleading i mean you know we want to bring, it, Scandal, on. bring it on example. i mean cheerleading is like an art form when it's you know at the highest level and you watch like the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders and they're like the best dancers. And like, I mean, they're like classically trained for like 20 years, but cheerleaders are treated like temp workers. They get no overtime. They get no pay. They get no nothing. It's basically like one of those positions where it's like, all right, girl, like you just need to be happy to be here and grateful that you're like a part of this when like, it wouldn't be as weird if they were actually folded into like the team at large, because there's nothing wrong with... I mean, cheerleaders mm-hmm. are great. I love... It should be male cheerleaders, female cheerleaders, they cheerleaders, any cheerleader oh, who yeah. wants to be a fucking cheerleader should go out and do it. Um, But I think it's just the way that those departments are abused and utilized. I think that's the problem more than just the concept of having cheerleaders.
2: Right. And when I said that, I actually, like, as I was saying that, I remembered, like, the terrible fucking uh washington football team scandal with yeah. their cheerleaders oh do you, yeah. remember, do you remember that it was isabel are you are you familiar with this no there was you know it was just like the the then called the redskins but the washington football team like front office were, were like flying out their cheerleaders twice some i can't remember like some central american or south american country for like photo shoots and then they were like they were like, "Oh, we're gonna fly in some of our like top team investors, yeah. and you're gonna be in charge of entertaining them." And and they like took the cheerleaders like phones and passports so they couldn't leave, and like essentially were like heavily pressured to make them do things. That it they didn't like want to very do. much, was very like, very very. It brutal. was
0: like a step away uh-huh. from like human trafficking to me. Totally honest, like it was. Yeah, it, it was like, really was. <laughs> like and that's where it's fucked up. Like that is not what your cheerleading department's job is. Like we're not like yeah. teams aren't running an escort. They're service. not they're not we're escorts. Not escort <laughs> right. They're wrong not sex escorts. There's nothing wrong with you if you are an escort but like that's not what they signed up for. Like
2: Yeah. Honestly in my ideal world, sex work is legal and teams if they want to pay some sex workers to entertain people then they should be able to. It's a <laughs> But you shouldn't force people to do that
1: you i know? agree it's all about like honesty and authenticity right mm-hmm. i feel like this is a trend that i mean especially on from a racial standpoint after george floyd there have been just across like basically every industry that i, I am a part of and basically and i'm assuming that's just true across the board right um because i do you know podcasting and i do death stuff and this is happening in all those spaces is that all of these Organizations are trying to figure out how do we diversify um, the our workforce, basically. And I think a lot of these groups have been grappling with this question of like, okay, there's a lot of work that needs to be done. Um, I talked a little with you about what was going on when we were at the conference, but for example. you know, I'm part of an organization that is trying to totally revamp its educational materials to be more inclusive and accessible. But someone has to do that, right? And so a lot of work is involved in this whole notion if we believe that, you know, all these various organizations ought to be more diverse, right? There's a lot of work that comes with that. And I think not a lot of people around to do that work because these are predominantly white male institutions, right? And so the question is like, how do we realistically go about trying to do that, right? Because we had a woman on here who was working construction, for example, on our podcast. And we were talking about like, well, obviously, construction is also like this super sexist environment, right? And it's just very unwelcoming. And like, it doesn't necessarily sound super viable to try to just like create a new table of like, OK, let's go just create a woman-owned sports network or woman-owned teams, right? Because it's just there's so much Mm -hmm. money. There's so much startup costs. So like, what do you think is the best strategy to go about trying to do that in a way that seems like it would actually spread real equity as opposed to just the diversity and just having the numbers, right? Because often those people are low level in the organization, right? They're not necessarily the owners and they're not necessarily the producers, whatever.
0: It's a it comes from the top. It has to come from the top down, like it 100 percent the decision makers at the top are the ones that are that truly are dictating diversity among their teams. Because I just I firmly believe that a company culture has to come from whoever that like CEO is or whoever that C-suite person is. Right. So you're only going to get as far as the people at the top are going to like buy in. Um, I will say at my organization and a bunch of other organizations, they're developing whole like teams of people that their job is diversity and inclusion and not just like a committee that's to the side that HR puts together that like sort of makes everyone happy, like actual departments within teams and within leagues that their job Mm -hmm. is to hold that team accountable and make sure that the personnel working within that team fulfills sort of this I mean I, I don't want to say like fulfilling a need because that feels like it's just like checking a box but like you know making sure that the sports team reflects the community in which that team is in because that's really what it is yeah. right like if sports if your sports team is supposed to be about bringing community together then in order to actually do that the personnel within that sports team needs to reflect the community
2: yeah we've seen this theme of people you know or like institutions pondering about you know how change can be made in terms of diversity and inclusion and it feels like it does always come down to like the people in power have to like cave into the pressure and decide to cede power to someone else and you know it's just like ugh, it 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 does seem to be happening but it's also like feels so fraught in my head right like we'll yeah we'll real change like can real change ever be made if the if it's up to the people in power to make the change
0: well the second part of it is there have to be trailblazers like in anything right like i mean i don't want to like toot my own horn or whatever but like i i've been around (laughs) in this industry for 10 years and i've taken a lot of shit from a lot of people just because i have boobs like i'm just being totally like putting it totally honest like it's much harder to like just like the soft skill stuff like stepping into a room and feeling like you belong and people like just like want you there and like it's you have to unfortunately or fortunately because it builds a lot of personal strength you have to be a trailblazer and unfortunately like people are not always gonna just be nice and people are not always just gonna you know people aren't always going to be like rainbows and butterflies and be like so excited that you're there because change is scary and like it's not just you know these evil people who hate women or whatever like it's usually a lot more nuanced than that but you have to like have a really thick skin and you have to be okay with maybe not being everyone's boy or like whatever and you just kind of have to keep freaking going and like keep showing up and keep earning your spot and keep paying your dues and eventually the skies open up and if you like i truly believe that anyone if you dig in your heels enough and you do the things and you believe in yourself you're gonna get where you need to go
2: keely thanks so much for sitting down with us yeah it, it's just been really dope to like talk to someone when I, I don't think I don't know if I've ever like spoken to some, anyone in depth about what it's like to work in sports journalism, but, or like sports in general, but especially not a woman in sports. So it's been dope to get that, to get that perspective.
0: Yeah. Anyone who wants to reach out to like, please my Twitter is Keely Dunning. and like any young women who like, or young men or anybody who like need any sort of like advice. Cause getting into sports is all about who, you know, I I can help you out. So just shoot me, shoot me a DM.
2: So uh my ending question is, you know, now that vaccines are out and people can go outside, have you done anything that was exciting? Are you excited to do anything? Have you gone to any sports games, you know, for example?
0: I am so excited for August 29th. Um, we are hosting a doubleheader with Seattle Sounders, are hosting a doubleheader with OL Rain, which is the NWSL women's. Sports team, sports soccer team that's also in Seattle. We're both going to be at Lumen Field, which is where uh, we play in downtown. And we're playing both Portland teams. So I'm, like, so stoked to not only just be at that game, I'll be producing radio, which is also just fun. Um, But to see, like, a women's sports league and a male sports league just totally working together to create one amazing experience is just, like, so dope. And I can't wait to see other teams and other leagues do the same thing.
2: Yeah. I'm going to a Panthers game on October 17th. Yes. And provided that, you know, Delta doesn't shut everything down. Um but I'm so excited. I'm like, oh man, like I love to be, just be involved and like lean into the atmosphere of of being a sports fan for a day.
0: Without fans, sports teams would be nothing. So, like, 2020, it was great that we were able to continue to produce, you know, broadcasts for everybody. But we're so happy to have people back in the stadium as safely as possible. Yeah. Like, you guys, like, the fans just, like, make it. They do.
2: Um, all right. This is your time. I mean, you already gave your one of your social medias. But, you know, plug whatever you want to plug.
0: Yeah, sure. Uh, Twitter is Keely F. Dunning. Uh, K E E L Y F D U N N I N G. Instagram is Kielbasa, K I E L B O S S A, good, because a good name. I am also a boss. Um, so those are like the two socials that I actually check out. Do, you, on the do you also like sausage? I of course, Well, my dad used to call me Kielbasa. My name's Keely. Kielbasa was my nickname as a kid.
2: Dope. Amazing.
0: Yeah. So that's my Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> and yeah. Like I'm on there. Hit me up again. Like if you're looking to break into sports or whatever. I I love helping to start people's careers. So just reach out.
2: Amazing. And as always, you can find us at I'm the villain pod. That's our Twitter. That's our Gmail and that's our Instagram. Otherwise, bye everyone.